You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Thursday, February the 25th of 2021. My name is Lucas Smith, St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show and a frustrated one. If you follow the Twitter, you saw that I was about to finish my recording. I had all my work done. show was about to be uh, exported. And then my computer died while at 30%. So I had to re-record because I lost all of my work. Very, very frustrating. But nevertheless, I get a chance to re-record and talk to you, you once again. And who knows, maybe this show will be better than the last one, but we will find out. So today on the show, a little bit of a delayed release because of the technology issues, but still got some good stuff. We're talking pitching today. Jack Flaherty was named the opening day starter. Super excited about that, as we all should be as well. And uh, also talking, something I love to talk about on this show, talking about Pitching depth, as well as we're talking a little bit more about Albert Pujols. I was on Locked On today, today, and um, uh, talked a little bit about Albert Pujols. So I will share that portion of the show. If you want uh, more Locked On today, head over to Locked On today um, for that content. But let, let's get into it. Jack Flaherty named the opening day starter, and to be honest, guys, I could not be more happy. And it was it was it was expected. It really was. And it, it, it was announced this morning. By uh, by Mike Schilt, uh, retweeted by her, retweeted by Zachary Silver is where I first saw it um, being announced. And you know, d- despite the, the the down year uh, in 2020 and the, the, the significant step back on um, in, in numbers, because I mean, 2019 was was just unbelievable. I mean, I don't think that there's anybody that, that expected him to pitch like he did in 2019 again. Just, I, mean, I mean, especially his second half was just incredibly dominant, but then took a huge uh, step back in 2020. Four and three and nine starts. ERA near five. ERA plus below 100. Fielding independent pitching of north of four, which is not good. Gave up 22 earned runs and 40 innings pitched, so there's, there's no question took a step back. But, I mean, his whip was under one last year. Hit per nine was was the best in the league at 6.2. He was fourth in Cy Young voting, 13th in MVP voting. There, there's absolutely nobody else, in my opinion, that, that deserved the starting spot more. Um, they deserve the starting, the opening day assignment more than Jack Flaherty, and he, he definitely, definitely earned that. He, he started opening day in 2019 as well. Or, no, I'm sorry, in, in 2020, he, he was the opening day starter. I'm sorry, this is his second year. And, and last year on, on opening day, um, on July 24th, <laughs> which is weird to say opening day was in July, um, against Pittsburgh, seven innings pitched, gave up two earned, six hits, struck out six. And then ever since then, uh, he, he didn't go. Uh, he went one time more than six innings um, in, his, in his last eight starts. So there's no question. 2020 was a down year, but... When you're looking at who deserved the starting spot, KK Kim pitched well, but he, he, he there's no question here. Jack Flaherty was the opening day starter. This report by Schilt just delayed the inevitable, in my opinion, or what was the delay of the inevitable? Jack Flaherty, I think he's going to make uh, significant steps forward in 2021, um, post 2020. 
2021 was such a bizarre year for so many different reasons. I really think that most of the stats in 2020, you've got to take with a grain of salt. I think Flaherty pitched really well in the postseason in his one start, which was good to see. And I have little to no concern about Flaherty heading into 2021. I think he's going to reestablish himself as one of the best pitchers in baseball because I think he is one of the best pitchers in baseball. And I, I'm, I'm very confident in saying that. He just hasn't been able to put up the consistent numbers um, yet past 2019. And it, it's interesting because Flaherty is also in the news Wednesday, I believe it was. Maybe maybe it was late Tuesday, but um, sharing that the arbitration case between him and St. Louis has not changed his opinion um, or not, not changed his relationship at all with the club. Uh, he's not looking past this year. He's really looking forward to 2021. And I think that's key. I think a lot of guys today look past 2000, look past the current year and say, okay, how can I better my career? How can I better my brand? How can I do all these different things? And there's no doubt that, that Flaherty has some mind on the future because he's human. That's what we do. But to, to hear him say how focused he is in 2021 and winning in 2021 is remarkable. And I, I'm really, really excited for it. I think Flaherty is a big mindset kind of guy. He really strives when he has the best mindset about his, his his duties. And I love the way he gets angry before he pitches and pitches with some anger a la Bob Gibson. He was able to pitch, you know, he, he got a lot of mentorship from Bob Gibson. He's got a lot of similarities to Bob Gibson in, in the explosive fastball and the wipeout slider. Um, and he's developing a curveball as well. I mean, if Flaherty can develop that curveball and you know, have some sort of changeup to go along with the fastball slider combo. He's going to be lethal because of how great that fastball slider combo is. I mean, especially when he's able to pitch inside and then bury a slider away, and then when he's able to backdoor a slider, there, there's just so many different avenues Flaherty can go off of right now with that one combo. I mean, can you imagine if he's able to develop a really top of the line curveball as well? I mean, he, he's going to be really, really solid, and I think that one more year with Yachty. Helps him a lot as well because Yachty helps about anybody pitch a little bit better. And I'm really happy that Flaherty is going to be in the starting rotation and starting on opening day, which is getting pretty close. Opening day for for St. Louis is is the 1st of April, I believe, as my computer is slow and loading things. Um, But I I do think that it's it's a really good sign that he'll he'll be the, the opening day starter on April first 2021 when the Cardinals open up the season against the Cincinnati Reds at Cincinnati and there he's also reports that he's going to start this coming Sunday against the Washington Nationals uh, for 12.05 first pitch in a game that is on Fox Sports Midwest so baseball is in less than four days everybody four days and I'll be able to watch baseball again at noon on Fox Sports Midwest hoping that uh, I'm at my apartment right now and I've got cable here uh, but over the summer, I'll be going home where we don't have cable. We have Hulu. And for some reason, Fox Sports Midwest isn't on Hulu anymore. So hoping that we are able to get that figured out both in my home and homes across the country who want to watch some Cardinal baseball. Um, but I, I'm super excited. So take our, our only break of the, of the show today, and then we'll be talking a little bit more about the pitching depth, and then I will share my segment from Locked On today when I talked about Albert Pujols. Uh, all that coming up in just a moment. Our first sponsor of the day is the new and improved Built Bar. They're new and improved and even more delicious than before. They've got 18 incredible flavors with nut and non-nut options. Six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, which you all know is my favorite, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. 
Some of their original flavors include coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, and more. Each one of these bars are soft and easy to chew, and they're 100% covered in chocolate. That's right, 100% covered in delicious chocolate. But that doesn't mean they're not healthy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Just take a look at the cookies and cream bar. You got 17 grams of protein in that, baby. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Incredible stuff from Built Bar and that same Built Bar taste. And we have a new promo code for you to enter at BuiltBar.com for 20% off. It is locked on 20. Locked on to zero. And you get 20% off at your next order. Also, free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Locked on 20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Once again, the new promo code locked on 20. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Head over to RockAuto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, rock prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same exact parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com So if you're a, a long-time listener, you know that I love the pitching depth of the Cardinals. And if you're not a long-time listener, I'm telling you right now, I love the pitching depth of the Cardinals. I think, you know, I've said this phrase a lot. They might not have the biggest names on their team, but they have a ton of really, really good options coming out of both the bullpen and for the starting rotation. Even though right now, especially if Martinez pitches well, the starting five is pretty much set at Flaherty being announced opening day starter. And then two is, you know, you could say probably Michaelis. And then you you go Kim, Wainwright, Martinez. I'm going to set it up, you know, assuming that uh, the schedule doesn't change and we start on April 1st and you go Flaherty on that Thursday and then you go Michaelis on that Saturday, Kim Sunday, and then the Cardinals travel to Miami on Monday the 5th. So you go Wainwright, Martinez, Flaherty, and then you have Michaelis set for the home opener. Maybe you change things up if you want to pin Wainwright as the the home opener, if you want to set Flaherty as the home opener. Um, and maybe you change things up to, to set that Thursday game on the 8th against a home team. It's to 315, 3-15 start is the Cardinals' home opener on that April 8th, and it cannot get here soon enough. But no matter who you put in the starting rotation, I think they have the ability to perform. And then I've said names beyond in the past. You've got guys like Alex Reyes who are going to be lethal in the bullpen. You've got guys like Hennessy Cabrera are going to be on the bullpen. Jordan Hicks. This spring training will be very interesting to me to see how the Cardinals set up their rotation um, in terms of who's 2, 3, 4, and 5, as well as who is going to be filling in what roles in, in the bullpen. Because right now, it'd be hard for me to see anybody but Giovanni Gallegos get that starting, or get, get the first nod at the closing position. 
just because he, he's earned it. He's been a lethal closer in the past, and I love his stuff, and I think that they're going to try and work Hicks back in a little bit slowly. Um, and Giovanni Gagos earned that spot. Other bullpen guys that don't get a lot of love that probably will get some more love as we go along is Andrew Miller, who recently has announced that he has recovered from COVID-19, which is why he was late to camp. But you know, as fun as ex- and as, as exciting as this infield could be with, with the big name of Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, um, at, at, at the corners, this pitching, in my opinion, is going to be the backbone of this team. Because, yes, the, the, the infield is, is exciting, but I'm a sucker for pitching, and the Cardinals have a lot of it. And I'm really excited for what the Cardinals could do with all this pitching because it could carry them a long way, a lot longer than I think people think that the Cardinals are capable of going. If this pitching staff pitches to their potential, th- th- this team is a threat because – I'm taking good pitching over good hitting any day of the week, and I really do believe the Cardinals have that good pitching. It's a theme that we'll talk about a lot on this show, and you know I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But that's going to do it for, for my content. I know it's a little bit short, but I am going to share my portion of Locked On Today uh, that, that I was on there talking about Albert Pujols. Head over to Locked On Today for all of your sports needs, all the sports news you need in 20 minutes. Also, February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. This week, we have two conversations for you to wrap up the month. First, a discussion on protests and sports across leagues. Then tune in for a discussion on the importance of black history in sports, what's been achieved, and the important work left to do and all discussion on Locked On Presents podcast feed. Subscribe on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Also, make sure to subscribe to Locked On Cardinals on Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast as well. This is me and Peter Pakowski, host of Locked On Today, talking about the Albert Pujols uh, mulling retirement and what he means to the game and whether or not he is the best player in his generation. My name is Lucas Smith. We will talk to you tomorrow. Also, be sure to send in questions. I'm looking to get Zachary Silver on the show tomorrow. Regardless, next week, I'll have a show tomorrow regardless. And next week, we're going to have a super exciting, massive roundtable with all the NL Central guests. So looking forward to that. Be sure to stay tuned in. Baseball is almost here. So excited. Here's me and Peter to wrap up the show. Have a great weekend, everybody. Or, no, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. The Albert Pujols era may be ending in Major League Baseball. So what did Pujols mean to that era? Join me now, Lucas Smith from Locked On Cardinals. And Lucas, there's um, reports and rumors that this could be the final year of Pujols' esteemed career. If that is the case, when it's all said and done, he's not the player that he was when he was in St. Louis. Is he, for you, the best player of his generation? I think, honestly, it, it's hard to, to say no. I mean, just the, the amount of success he had in, in those 10 years in St. Louis, putting up, you know, un, you know, unbelievable numbers that we haven't seen before or since. It's really hard to say no. You could argue that he's not the complete player because of this, you know, maybe he wasn't the best base runner or anything like that. But for me, it, it's really hard to say no just because of how dominant he was for that 10-year stretch in St. Louis. I went back and I looked up his wins above replacement from from 2003 to 2010. Pujols was second, fifth, second, first, second, first, first, and fifth in wins above replacement. When you are top five in war for basically a decade straight, it's pretty hard to argue it's anyone but you. When you look at some of the numbers early in his career when he starts to become great, Barry Bonds is still being Barry Bonds. 
And even in the early and, and into middle parts of, of Pujol's run, Alex Rodriguez is still peak prime Alex Rodriguez. And then at the end of his career, Pujols leaves St. Louis, goes to L.A., where he ultimately plays with Mike Trout, the guy who supplants him as not just the best player of his generation. We're talking about one of the, you know, what, five best players maybe ever. It's hard to come up with other names who were as good as he was for as long as he was while he was playing. Yeah, I mean, the the nickname that he got dubbed in St. Louis was The Machine, and for good reason. He, he just put up these numbers consistently year after year as if he was just a machine. He could do nothing but hit for, for 10 years. And, you know, I, there's no one really saying that he's better in an Andrew uniform than he was in a Cardinal uniform. But there are very right. few <laughs> names that you can put above Albert Pujols, especially like if even if you narrow it down just a little bit as to say who's the best right-handed hitter all time, then Albert's got to be top three, you know. But th- there definitely isn't uh, an argument to be made of the best of this generation just because of the – numbers that we have still haven't really seen since of, of the, for a 10 year stretch that Albert's put up. Is there anything in your mind that would keep him from there? Like, is there a signature playoff performance? Does he have that? Because, you know, those are the kinds of things that we build into his resume. And I'm trying to think of, you know, the signature Pujols at bat or the signature Pujols home run or whatever it is. And I guess I'm drawing a little bit of a blank. Where are you on that? Well, the, the signature moment for me is Game 3 of 2011 World Series when he hit three home runs. Uh, I think that that really um, – that's been done, I think, two or three other times um, in the history of his career. So I think that um, that performance and, and him winning that that series, he has two World Series rings, which a guy like Mike Trout does not have, which you know might mean a little bit more in the NBA than it does in the MLB. But at the same time, his Game 3 performance of hitting three home runs – um, you also have the moment of, of the Brad Lidge home run in, in Houston in 2005, going back to his middle career when he hit just a moonshot. I think it was the NLCS in Game 5 to, to save that series for the time being. So I think there, there are definitely moments in his career. Th- those two come to mind as the, the two big moments in the postseason. Yes, as someone who grew up going to Brewers games um, and, and watched a lot of Pujols, I know we could never get him out. So from that standpoint, I mean, I think there is part of this that's an op- an opponent respect thing, right? Your greatness is measured at how scared you make your opponents. And I don't think there was ever a team that would go into a game with the Cardinals going, yeah, we have a good plan to get Albert Pujols out today. No, because if you pitched him inside, he was going to somehow keep a ball in the inside corner fair down the line. And if you pitched him outside, he was going to hit a home run over the right field wall. They're really for, for a good 10 year stretch there. There was no way to get him out. He was that dominant that no matter what pitch you threw, he was going to hit it. You look at a guy like we talked about, Mike Trout, his, his problem has been the pitch up in the zone. He has since fixed that and gone on to do better things. But for a 10-year stretch while he was in St. Louis, there were very few ways to get Albert out. It was almost like, okay, Albert, you're going to beat me, but nobody else in that lineup's going to because there, there was just, I mean, nobody could get Albert out for a very long time. And I think that he made that lineup for 10 years as scary as it could be. Uh, because since he's left, the Cardinals have struggled to find somebody to come even close to to make pitchers fear this lineup. And he was definitely a fearful character in the Cardinal lineup. Yeah, it's hard in a stat where we quantify everything. It is hard to quantify what it means to have someone anchoring your lineup the way that that he did. It didn't almost didn't matter who was around him. I and mean, you could have, you know, Yadier Molina, who was never a truly great hitter. All of a sudden, his game gets better because you have Pujol sitting in front of him, those kinds of things. Does it does it matter to you that the guys that I mentioned, A-Rod, Bonds, have the sort of stigma attached to them with performance enhancers that 
Pujols doesn't. Yeah, I think that that's definitely something to, to keep in mind. And to, just to say that, you know, while Albert did fall off a little bit when he went to L.A., you know, there, I think he hit 285 the year after, and he's had decent years since leaving St. Louis. But I think that, you know, as of right now, there, I don't think there's anything out of Albert using PEDs to anything to my knowledge. So I think that um, for the most part, for him to be playing the game clean and to not have that stigma about him, if he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, that shocks me. And, you know, especially you – know, then, then it, it, it's always the what have you done for me now recently um, in terms of, of sports. So I think that he gets lost in the shuffle because he hasn't been at that level for a while. Um, but at the same time, he was so good for so long. Then um, him, him not having that stigma, I think, definitely helps him. To me, might be a little bit biased, but to me, elevates him above Bonds and above A-Rod.